Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look and I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, is Georgia in a workforce development crisis? Well, according to the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, pre-COVID, There were three job openings for every person looking for a job in Georgia, but it appears that ratio is not improving. Chris Clark, president and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, joins me as we talk about recruiting and retaining talent for Georgia businesses. And later in the program, 420, it's it's not just today's date, but it's when advocates for the legalization of recreational marijuana use nationwide really push for legislative reform. So I'll speak with Ryan Ralston. He's the executive director of Peachtree Normal, which is the Atlanta chapter of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Important communication, important community conversations all just ahead. But first, this news. One of the nation's top infectious disease experts, you've heard him so many times on this program, Emory Professor of Medicine, Dr. Carlos Del Rio, says we could start to see an uptick in COVID infections now that airlines are making masks optional, as you just heard on NPR. The change announced Monday followed a Florida federal judge ruling against the national mask mandate on planes and public transportation. Here's what Carlos Del Rio has to say. We may start seeing a big increase in infections. You know, in the UK, they saw a rapid rise in infections among flight attendants and pilots that actually made them ground some flights. So I think we're going to have to see what happens. Del Rio recommends that anyone who chooses to remain masked in crowded airports or transit hubs choose a high-quality mask that covers the mouth and nose. And masks are still required for Americans flying to countries with mandates in their place. In other news, the company that owns these severely deteriorated Forest Cove apartments in Atlanta, well, they say some residents could start moving next month, but it may take longer to relocate all 200 families that previously promised that they would move. Here's Stephanie Stokes with more. The relocation effort is moving forward following an agreement between the owner, Millennia, and the city of Atlanta. That agreement has the city funding the process for now. Millennia must reimburse the costs later, originally with the goal of moving residents out by mid-July. In meetings this past week, however, Millennia told tenants that deadline is now unlikely. There are too few rental units available. Already, the company and its partners are looking 15, 20 miles away. The city condemned the federally subsidized apartments last December. Millennia is appealing the decision. Stephanie Stokes, WABE News. Over in Gwinnett County, commissioners are making Juneteenth a paid holiday for county employees. Traditionally, Juneteenth celebrates or has marked the 
fallen on June 19th to mark the end of slavery in the U.S. And President Joe Biden officially marked it a federal holiday last year. Now, the vote certified a pay increase for county workers and first responders, as well as raised the minimum wage for all county government positions to $15 an hour. All these issues that we always talk about on Closer Look, whether it's income inequality, whether it's politics, education, health and wellness, we talk about it every day. News and information heard every day here on WABE and, of course, Closer Look. And right now, as you know, when you give to help fund programs like Closer Look, guess what? Today, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a $250 Lowe's gift card. You can support an independent voice here in journalism with your gift card right now with your gift right now at wabe.org slash donate. And joining me now to talk more about this is our WABE multi-platform senior producer and owner of all cool sweatsuits, <laughs> Jamie Green. Today I got a denim jacket, though. Yeah, but you have some really cool, like, sweat, like they're fancy. Right, you know? right. I appreciate well, that. Well, they're fancy to me because, you know, I, I but, get my sweatsuits from Goodwill, which is okay. And while I would love to talk about that, we got to talk about this $250 <laughs> gift card, this Lowe's gift card. And look, as a reminder, this drawing is for everyone who makes a donation during Closer Look right now. And your chances of winning are one in two. I mean, that's pretty good because Rose and I can't get on this great gift card. And I you know I thought about using it to buy some, um, you know, automatic lights and things in my place. And, automatic lights. You know, the motion sensor ones. Anyway. Oh, oh, we just got an update from our producer, one in four. Oh, hey. So the odds are the odds are in your favor. But look, the thing that I love most about NPR is you know it when you hear it. It's compelling storytelling and it's the rigorous journalism. And if this is also something that resonates with you, well, we want you to take a moment to make a shared investment into WABE. And the phone number is 678-553-9090. We want to hear from you. And you can also give online, which we hear is the easiest, at wabe.org slash donate. And always, always, always thank you. My name is Brian Lipscomb. And I'm from Johns Creek, Georgia. The reason why I gave monthly, is it's just easier. It's one of those things where if it's just coming out on a monthly basis, you don't have to think about it. And and you're also knowing that you're doing something that's going to be part of something. By everyone doing their part and just doing a little piece, it makes such a, a bigger difference. Uh, we appreciate that, Brian. And he's right. You know, it is true. Just by doing your little piece, your sustaining gift, you know what? You're making a big difference. You really are. And right now, the chance of winning the gift card that Jamie just talked about, well, it is one in six. And let me tell you something. Brian is also correct that it's incredibly easy to donate as a sustaining giver. You set it up once and it's all ready to go. Your gift, yes, it continues for as long as you would like. And hopefully we think that will be a long time. Each month, like clockwork. So start your sustaining membership today. You can do that, again, really easy, wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you. Now, Jamie, before I let you take over for a second, I had some listeners email me. They wanted to know the – I have a turtle dove that is nesting on my patio, on my balcony. Okay. And they would like an update, so can I take this time to tell Sure, please, please give that update. The turtle dove is doing well, as far as I I know. I don't know if it's male or female, because they both take turns, like, you know, watching over the eggs, whatever. Okay. But I'm not disturbing it. I don't even go out on my balcony, because I don't want to spook the birds. So we hopefully should have some little baby birds here soon. So I just want everybody to know that the bird thus far is doing okay, and I will try to get a picture and tweet it. I was going to ask, can we get some photos? Yeah. 
Well, look, now is the time to make a donation because we are in our uh, spring member drive and we want to hear from you. So 678-553-9090. And thank you, Rose, for the update. Speaking of updates, your chances of winning are still one in six. That means... Oh, we got an update on that. So, yes, one in six. So we just want to make sure that we're hearing from you. You have the chance of winning that $250 Lowe's gift card. Rose, what could you do with that right now? Well, apparently I might need some bird seed. Right. And 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 maybe some materials to help the bird, you know. No, the, the turtle doves are kind of messy. All right. They don't, <laughs> they don't keep very clean nests. So I need a broom, too, apparently. Well, perhaps you can do more with that, but we want to hear from you at wabe.org slash donate. And of course, call at 678-553-9090. And look, remember this, a reliable source of the information like WABE also relies on stable source of income. And that's why we encourage you this very moment in this hour to become a monthly sustaining member. And it's so easy to do. You don't have you don't have to give up a lump sum. It could be a little bit consistently from month to month. And yes, you can change it at any time. That's the part that I like most about it, Rose. Mm-hmm. And also for most of our listeners, we find it that $10 a month is seems to be the most comfortable giving amount. But you, of course, know what you can afford. And we truly do depend on the Atlanta community. That's you listening right now. And in fact, about 84% of that funding comes from in and around the Atlanta community. And that's listeners like you. And look, think about it this way. All the great, meaningful, and powerful stories you hear on WABE Closer Look are sustained by you. So please become a new sustaining member today online at WABE.org and of course, we want to hear from you, 678-553-9090, and thanks. When you give to WABE as a new sustainer at $20 a month, we'll thank you with our brand new t-shirt. The WABE Amplify t-shirt is black and celebrates your favorite Atlanta radio hosts, Lisa Ram, Lois Reitzes, Rose Scott, Jim Burris, and H. Johnson. So it's perfect for the WABE superfan. And donating at this level comes with one additional gift, the PBS Streaming Service Passport. It only takes a moment to give monthly at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090 and thank you. Let me tell you, that is a cool I Love WABE t-shirt. It's awesome. Now look, if you're Wayne, you know what WABE means to you, it could be that simply, you know, you can't commit right now. And I understand that. Trust me, we've been doing this Paycheck to Paycheck series We understand. But if making a one-time gift is best for you, we get it and we welcome it. So any amount you decide to give will help us pay for the programs you value so much, the programs we all love. Wait, wait, don't tell me. City Lights, H. Johnson, all that. And, of course, Closer Look. It's always up to you. But if you can, give today. WABE.org slash donate or simply by calling 678-553-9090. We'll walk you through the process. And remember now, when you give right now, your name is being entered into that drawing. One in eight. Wow. Your name is being entered right now. Once you make that donation into a drawing to win that $250 Lowe's gift card. And we know you're not giving because of the gift card. You're giving because you enjoy a closer look and fact-based journalism. We know that. There's so many reasons behind that. Again, 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. And as all, always we say thank you. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cf.com. 
greateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues now from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. A quick search on the Georgia Department of Labor's website has a link for hot jobs. A lot of the listings were we found were in manufacturing, construction, and yes, truck drivers were heavy in demand. Now, you may find this hard to believe, but even pre-pandemic, there was a shortage of workers in many sectors here in Georgia, especially in manufacturing, construction, and transportation-related jobs. And as we are learning from the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, pre-COVID, there were three job openings for every person person looking for a job in our state. In fact, this has prompted the chamber to cite the need to recruit and retain employees as, quote, winning the war for talent, meaning it'll take more than just marketing and employment campaigns. Chris Clark is president and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. He joins me now to talk about the state of Georgia's business economy and this war for talent in the state. Chris, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rose. Thanks for having me today. Let me ask you this. Last month you wrote, in the next three years, Georgia will need 122,000 jobs and for healthcare workers, 27,000 jobs for manufacturing, 13,000 construction professionals, and just over 2,200 logistics workers. So is it fair to say that Georgia is in some sort of workforce development crisis? I don't think that I'm going to call it a crisis. You know, every state, every country is seeing a labor shortage right now. Uh, it, you know, it was there in Georgia pre-COVID, as you just referenced those numbers. We obviously dipped down and had some, some leveling out, but now Georgia has record unemployment. Uh, I think the difference is, while other states may be in crisis, uh, they're struggling to attract people. We're still able to attract men and women to Georgia, but we have a plan. We spent all legislative session working with Governor Kemp, members of the General Assembly, on specific policy recommendations uh, in a bipartisan way uh, to address these issues. And I think it's also important to know that it's not a short-term issue. We're going to be dealing with workforce development uh, across the country and here in Georgia, particularly in fast growth areas like Atlanta, Savannah, and some of our second tier cities for probably the next decade. Well, then if this, this is something that you said, and as I mentioned, this has to go beyond just fancy marketing and campaigns. This is something that you need legislative policy on the books to sort of help you all in, in this, in this initiative. Is that what you're saying here? That's right. And so in January, we released a study called winning the war for talent, Mm -hmm. which was a set of 30 recommendations for businesses Uh, You know, everything from uh, hiring second chance uh, men and women that have been incarcerated in Georgia uh, to helping get more teachers back into the classroom. And the General Assembly passed almost 15 different bills and funding recommendations um, that really was a war for talent strategy for Georgia, for our partners in economic development, for our teachers, our educators to focus on. And we're actually traveling around the state right now. I'm in Savannah today talking about these issues uh, all over Georgia. So businesses know what they need to do 
and they know what the government has proposed and is in the process of implementing. Well, if you say that you, you don't want to call it a crisis yet, but you all are also identifying, and you this is your term, the gray tsunami, for example. You say Georgia will see over one million baby boomers retire early in the coming years. You say this creates a tremendous strain on the business businesses seeking to both hire and retain workers. So if we're not in a panic mode yet, then how do you begin? When do you begin to start seeing this push? What do we need yeah, to no, do? I, What's that I, first phase? Right. And so I think it's, it's listen, unfortunately, there's no silver bullet, right? It's silver buckshot. We got to think about it from different perspectives. Just with the baby boomers alone, you know, we're seeing businesses right now get really innovative about job sharing, bringing, bringing seniors back into the workforce. 90% of everyone that left the workforce during and post COVID have been people over 55. Mm-hmm. Now, at 55, you still got a lot of good years left that you want to invest and you want to make a difference. But maybe it's not the traditional, um, you know, f- nine to five job you've had. And so businesses are being very innovative there. Another good example of that is looking at our teacher shortage in Georgia. I was very proud of the governor of the General Assembly passing a bill to allow retired teachers back into the classroom without penalizing them by taking away from their pension, which is what the previous law said. So it's being innovative about those types of solutions. It's making sure that we recruit new men and women to Georgia. It's making sure that we access underutilized talent. uh, And at the same time that we're thinking about long-term career pathways for young men and women. So they're going into the jobs that we know we're going to have in the future here in Georgia. Well, and speaking future, you all say by 2025, 60% of jobs will require some type of college degree or credential. Right now, Georgia is looking at about 36.8% who have an associate's degree or above. And in rural Georgia, that share, you say, shrinks to 24.9%. So if we're talking about increasing the candidate pipeline in many sectors, and it begins with education, I imagine you're saying we need to get young folks interested or thinking about certain careers even before high school? Absolutely. It used to be that we talked about career pathways, right, Rose, in high school. You know, get to high school and we'll kind of figure out, maybe I'll know. I've been I've been begging businesses all over Georgia to get in at the elementary school level, get it in the middle school level, explain the jobs of the future, explain what opportunities exist in their own communities. So then we can connect them back to the jobs that exist uh, and the training that they're going to need for those jobs. If, if we know we need 122,000 healthcare workers, well, we ought to have a healthcare pathway in every middle school, high school in Georgia, and nursing programs at every technical college and every university. We know we need to do that. And so I think that's the type of discussion that you've got to have. And I will give credit again, uh, the General Assembly, the governor, they've created a um, a healthcare workforce task force that's going to look at this long-term issue. We did fund more nurses. We funded more doctors this year. Um, But we really have to rethink skilling long-term, lifelong learning very differently. It used to be like when, when you and I came up, I get my master's degree and I was good. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to need new skill sets every year just to be relevant and be competitive. Let's talk about another sector of our population. And those are folks who may have some, you know, misdemeanors or those who may be re-entering society. You all for a while though have been calling for some changes that so there is a career pathway or an employment pathway for folks who might have some some, you know, misdemeanors or what have you, even felonies, but also you want to make sure that folks have a pathway to gainful employment. Did the legislature, was there anything that you all saw that you're you're hopeful now there will be some reform in that area? 
So a, a few things. For the last several years, General Assembly have, has worked closely with us on expungement opportunities for people that have paid their debt, expunged their records. That's been very helpful. This year, there was a bill to make sure that people could keep their driver's license. Uh, you know, it's hard when 90% of Georgia workers need a driver's license to go to work and you take it away from them in a court setting. Well, then how am I supposed to go back to work? And so we're very proud that that bill passed this year. But a lot of this is really beyond government. A lot of it is business in the business community saying, we're going to be open and honest, and we're going to work with Second Chance Georgia. We're going to work with our partners to get the skills they need and get these men and women back into the workforce. Because listen, that's the best thing that we can do to fight crime is get people working, right? Get them in jobs that are meaningful jobs that pay great wages. Um, and so I, I talked to a company just in middle Georgia last week who five years ago started hiring second chance employees. And now they make up 90 percent of their workforce. They've never been more productive. They said it's an incredible um, been an incredible benefit for them. And so, yeah, I do think Republicans and Democrats alike realize that, th that this is where we need to be. And here's the statistic to keep you up at night. Thirty eight percent of the entire workforce of the state of Georgia has some type of criminal record. Most of that are you know, misdemeanors you know, uh, getting caught with marijuana or, a, or an unpaid driver's license, but whatever it is, that's still 38% of the workforce. And so you've got to have those men and women at the table if we're going to get to full employment. Well, and let's talk about another population. And those are our folks who, who are, are part of our, our immigrant who, who have come, who are still trying to get, you know, that what they call the legal pathway, whatever that, that's a whole nother conversation. But you all say, look, this is a population that greatly, greatly contributes to Georgia's overall economy. But are you optimistic in seeing some movement in this area? I really am, Rose. I mean, I, listen, we'll, we'll got, we've got 15,000 men and women that will graduate from Georgia high schools this year that have gone to elementary, middle, high school. Some are going to be valedictorians, uh, but they're DACA recipients. Mm -hmm. uh, and right now they have to pay out-of-state tuition. And so if you got to pay out-of-state tuition in-state, why don't you go somewhere out-of-state? And when they go out of state, we don't get them back. They don't come back. And so I really appreciate Representative Casey Carpenter up in, in Dalton, Georgia, working on this issue, West Cantrell working on it. And I am optimistic that we'll move to that point. I think we're starting to see that change across the country of helping those men and women. And likewise, those that have come here uh, for religious reason, our Afghani refugees, what we'll start seeing with our Ukrainian refugees, helping those men and women get into our system, get the skills that they need is another great discussion that started at the Capitol, and we'll continue that next year. The voice you hear is Chris Clark. He's president and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, and we're talking about what needs to happen for Georgia in order to recruit and retain the top talent, and they have an initiative under their war for talent in Georgia. Also part of this, Chris, as you know, is when it comes to, you know, whether it's small business ownership or just business ownership, you know, equity works. We know that equity works in terms of you have opportunities for everyone. Uh, how would you assess, though, what the state is doing in terms of m having resources and initiatives that you know, help div a diversity sort of campaign as it relates to business owners? Because that's key. You know, it, people from different Absolutely. ethnic groups and, and communities have greater insight into their own culture, their own communities, and they can bring in folks, give them jobs. But as you know, when it comes to the D word, diversity, you know, it depends on when you ask. Folks have a different uh, definition of how all that should work. 
So, you know, part of our kind of three-point plan uh, at the Georgia Chamber is one of those three points, winning the war for talent, infrastructure of the future, and then economic innovation and diversification. And I use that diversification both as a diversified economy, but also a diversified population that's being successful in that economy. If you look at Georgia right now, the two demographic groups that are creating the most new businesses are Latinas and African-American women. Mm -hmm. But those two groups also have the highest failure rates because Mm -hmm. they tend to be underbanked uh, undercapitalized, and they don't also have the same social networks to do business. And so we've been working with our friend Stacy Key at the Georgia Minority Supplier, uh, our DEI Council, our large companies, making sure that those businesses don't just have access. And I think this is what's very critical that they we help them build their capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've talked to to so many state agencies that have said, "I would hire every single supplier that I could find today." But they got to have the capacity to deliver for federal contracts, state contracts. And so I think that's where we can see the best opportunity. And when you, you look at, at our friends like Jay Bailey with what he's doing at the Russell Center, mm-hmm. um, we've worked uh, the Georgia Hispanic Chamber and the Atlanta Black Chambers are affiliates of ours. We work closely with them every day. Both of them are doing incredible work helping build capacity in their communities. And what we want to do is connect all of them back together and then have those pathways back into state, back into the federal, and more importantly, into those large companies. Just had a conversation about this very thing on Monday, so you are speaking right in line with what we were talking about all this week. As we begin to wrap up, when we start this conversation, I asked you about you know, the outlook, the future. You said, don't panic, Rose. We're not in a crisis yet. But when, what is a good metric to use to determine that we are starting to see a shift and turn in terms of folks finding jobs, not only finding jobs, but recruiting and keeping top talent, as you call it? Well, I think we'll see one. I think by the end of, tw- of 22, we'll get a fairly good indication if we stay at around 3 to under 3% unemployment, which we have in many communities. I'm going to one tomorrow that's at 2.1 unemployment. Um, then we're going to have to really kind of ramp up and think differently about how we recruit in to fill these, these jobs. And some of that's going to be some federal issues as well. Um, but our friends at McKinsey have given us a very interesting roadmap. They've told us that if we address infrastructure, mm-hmm. if we can come up with these solutions for war for talent, and if we can focus on the diversification and innovation of the state, we can fill by recruiting in over 400,000 workers over the next few years. And if we do that, we can grow the state's GDP by $68 billion a year, $30 billion of that into rural communities. So that's my, those are my benchmarks. 400,000 new workers, not folks yep. switching, but new workers in two new years. Workers. And well, over the next two or three years is what we're going to have to do to stay competitive. Absolutely. So when do we bring you back and put you to the test? (laughs) Hey, anytime we we are tracking this every day. And I think the, as the GDP grows, we see rural Georgia grow. We see Atlanta grow and we grow it in the right way and we help people get to work. I have done segments where we talked about construction and manufacturing being up there and truck drivers. I just, we just aired a story today about Coca-Cola Donating a million dollars, you know, toward truck driver training. Folks don't want to drive trucks. Chris, what's going on? Well, we're going to have to probably have autonomous vehicles, and that's going to be a whole other conversation uh. with our <laughs> friends out there with drones. Uh, but listen, those are great jobs. And Walmart announced last week they're going to pay over $110,000 a year for truck drivers. Uh, that's pretty good money right there. Yeah, my you, my producer, Daniel, just raised his eyebrows. You're not thinking about leaving me to go drive a truck, are you, Daniel? Come on. Chris Clark is president and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. Good conversation as always. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. Thanks, Rose. Take care. 
Atlanta, and Closer Look will, will continue in just a moment. I'm Rose Scott. Thank you so much already to everyone who's given this hour. Now, as part of our fundraiser today, we're giving away a $250 Lowe's gift card. Your odds are pretty good right now. One in nine. That's pretty good. So please take a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate. I'm joined again by WABE multi-platform senior producer Jamie Green. Jamie, Jamie, tell them how they can get that or possibly win that gift card. Well, first they have to give a call (laughs) to 678-553-9090. You know what I like about listening to WABE? It does more than just keep you informed about what's going on in the wider world, right? It also tells you what's happening right here around Atlanta, whether that's understanding how your kids learn in school to reopening of a neighborhood park or even whether the train travel will return to Atlanta. Absolutely. The news here we know helps shape your understanding of, as we call it, the ATL and the other regions and maybe you wouldn't even know what's happening here in town if it wasn't for wabe well think about it this way your gift right now allows us to be there for you so this spring please give wabe.org slash donate take a moment to do so now or the old-fashioned way 678-553-9090 and as always thank you so much my name is marvette Crittney, and i live in decatur georgia You guys were having a membership drive and you have that moment where you're, you know, you hear these membership drives and you're like, oh, I'm going to donate. Oh, I'm going to donate. And then by the time you get home, you forgot about it. Um, I think I pulled over and I ended up calling the number like I'm going to just stop and I'm going to get it done. I mean, it was real easy. Yes, it is real easy. Just give us a call, 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. And you can join Amina out in Lilburn and Justin in Atlanta. You can join them. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really, really appreciate it. And as always, we say whatever works for you, whatever gift works for you. So allow us to be there for you. Take a moment, wabe.org slash donate. Or 678-553-9090. And remember, when you make a call this hour, you have the chance of winning that $250 Lowe's gift card. And your chances of winning are 1 in 11. And look, Rose and I can't get on that gift card, but we wish we could. And you are playing a part in supporting this service that you're hearing right now on Closer Look. And by doing so at wabe.org, we want to hear from you. And of course, calling 678-553-9090. You know, maybe you're wondering how much to give. Let's say you give about 10 bucks a month to WABE and thought, what does it really do? Does a lot. It does a lot, right? (laughs) Well, Closer Look is on the air because thousands of people started their sustaining membership in past fundraisers. And well, it really adds up. And in order to bring you Morning Edition and All Things Considered, WABE pays a fee to NPR. And it comes to be out to be more than $4,000 a day every day. Well, and that's just for the news magazine shows. Think about the other hours of programming WABE brings you every day. We really, we do rely on your gift to help pay this cost. It only takes moments to give. Please don't put it off this time. You can do it right now. WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always, on behalf of the entire Closer Look team, I say thank you.
With your $20 a month gift to WABE, we'd like to send you two great thank you gifts. The WABE Amplifying Atlanta Tote Bag, along with the new WABE Mug. The Tote's modern design features a zippered top and an interior pocket, and both the Tote and the 12-ounce mug feature illustrations of some of Atlanta's most familiar and iconic landmarks, along with the WABE hosts, designed by Atlanta artist Fabian Williams. You'll also automatically get the PBS Streaming Channel Passport. When you give now to WABE, you're supporting one of the most trusted news outlets in the country. It only takes a moment to give monthly at wabe.org slash donate or phone 678-553-9090 and thanks. Yes, you can give in just a few easy steps. And now we know, consider how much you hear on WABE and what that means to you. Then next, decide how much you'd like to give. Then grab your credit or debit card, bank account information, Go to WABE.org slash donate. It is safe and secure. And also, Jamie, they can see all the thank you gifts we're offering. Choose one if you like. Give us a little contact information and you are done. I mean, that's everything right there. Rose, you said it. You are now the newest member of the WABE family of supporters and you can change at any time. And of course, you can always give by calling 678-553-9090. Look, either way, you are helping WABE bring you the news and information you depend on day in and day out and helping us amplify the many voices here in the Atlanta community. Absolutely. And remember, when you give right now, You'll be entered into that drawing to win this $250 Lowe's gift card. Your odds of winning are currently 1 in 11. Not bad. Thank you for investing so much in the nonprofit journalism that WABE provides and for helping us amplify, as Jamie said, the voices of Atlanta. Your gift matters and it will make a difference. Trust me. So please give WABE.org slash donate or give us a call 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you. Apparently, this is 420 music. Awesome. 420. It's not just today's date, but it's when advocates for the legalization of recreational marijuana use nationwide, they really push for legislative reform to end prohibition. And now I'm going to have a conversation with Ryan Ralston. He's the executive director of Peachtree Normal. That's the Atlanta chapter of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Good afternoon, Rose. Good afternoon. Listen, let's let's begin here because there was this Pew Research survey that I came across that revealed this. An overwhelming share of U.S. adults, about 91 percent, say either that marijuana should be legal for medical and recreational use, 60 percent, or that it should be legal for medical use only. That was 31 percent. But fewer than one in 10, 8 percent, say marijuana should not be legal for use by adults at all. When you hear all those numbers, I know it's not lost on you. Does it really signal that there's been a shift in attitude and, and you know, mindset about recreational use of, of marijuana in this nation? That's, that's an excellent question. That's an excellent point as well. What, one of the things that, that we do here at Peach and Normal is, is we track data like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tailor it specifically towards what's going on here in the Peach State. And overwhelmingly, uh, almost three quarters of Georgians um, are for some type of decriminalization or legalization of cannabis at a statewide level. 
And so that's one of the things that, you know, drives us and, and helps us uh, continue to push that fight because overwhelmingly that's what Georgians want. And so we're working um, it really tirelessly um, on the local and the state level um, to make that happen. Ryan, let me ask you this. What argument do you mostly hear that people counter with when you have this conversation about, you know, legalizing recreational use of marijuana? What are you hearing most often? Sure. One of the one of the biggest pushbacks that that we that we have, um, you know, prior to starting these conversations with elected officials, whether you're talking about on the local level, or you're talking about on the state level, um, is that old uh, reefer madness mentality. You know that you know we hear that uh, cannabis is a gateway drug, um, when scientifically, with the data that we have, uh, shows that it is not. And so one of the things that that we always um, approach these topics of conversation with, number one, is an open mind. And number two is that we try to combat um, governmental propaganda or misinformation or mistruths about cannabis with facts. And so all our conversations that we have are fact-based and factually driven. And so we've been able to prove uh, just time and again that the the reefer madness mentality um, from decades ago is is based solely on falsehoods. And so that was, that's probably one of the biggest obstacles. But I want to, I want to counter with this just for, you because even the CDC, I mean, right there on their website, it says researchers disagree on whether marijuana is a gateway drug. The idea that marijuana use leads a person to use other more dangerous drugs like cocaine or heroin. But it does say there's limited evidence suggesting that using marijuana increases the risk of using other drugs. So there and there is that I guess that's what we call the gray area. And then folks sure. who worry that young folks, you know, teenagers or even younger that this sends them a message that may not be appropriate for lack of better words. What do you, how do you respond to that? Sure. And, and our argument, or at least the counter argument to that would be that let's look at what's causing this. Let's look at what's causing um, this gateway to be open to begin with. Mm -hmm. And our argument is a holistic approach. And the way we look at it is, Let's 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 dive down to the trauma that's caused someone to have the initiative to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. And so, if you if you look at um, cannabis as a whole, and I, I don't view it as a drug, let's say as 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 on the same level as a methamphetamine or heroin or cocaine, mm-hmm. um, because there is a medicinal value um, in this plant, and I don't believe that's that's something that can be argued. I mean, I, the Schaefer Commission. 50 years ago, mm-hmm. um, determined that, uh, there was medicinal value, um, uh, within the plant itself. And so that's one of the things that, you know, we, we come back to. And that, I think there are a lot of folks that agree that that, cause now we have states where, you know, medical marijuana, the use of it, and they're now depending on the state, there's a lot of different, you know, provisions. So that is, I think people are more open to that. But when you think about the fact that, there's some other optics related to lobbying for recreational cannabis legalization is also contingent on, on making it clear to lawmakers that there have been decades of criminal prosecution for offenders. You have to address that as well. Sure. And that's, that's something that um, Peachtree Normal is, um, is, is proud of. I mean, it's one of the things um, I, I talk about it sometimes. Say for instance, Rose, I wake up tomorrow and I'm appointed king of Georgia. 
and I say, okay, as king of Georgia, cannabis is, is legal across the state. Mm-hmm. Well, that's only addressing a small portion of the problem. I mean, you have decades of communities who have been adversely impacted mm-hmm. by prohibition. And in, until um, the General Assembly and to our elected officials are willing to address this topic holistically, until they're willing to address uh, you know, private probationary companies until they're, you know, they're willing to address um, the communities, specifically the communities um, that have been most adversely impacted. Which are by black probation. and brown communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, those numbers don't lie. You know, you, you hear the terminology sometimes, you know, like, well, hey, I've got receipts. Um, you know, <laughs> we have receipts. We, we, sh- we can show these elected officials that time and time again, um, if you if you're looking at it in terms of a racial divide, if you're just if you just want to strip it down to what it is um, and you look at it in terms of black and white, the use of cannabis between um, black communities and white communities is about 50, 50, 50. I mean, the, the ratio, the percentage is, is right there at it mm-hmm. yet three to five times um, you'll see three to five times more likely for for the person of color to be arrested and mm-hmm. charged with a simple possession versus uh, their white contemporary. And, and that's one of the things that we're addressing um, at the local level. And just, you know, we're talking to law enforcement officials, county commissioners, um, the, the to U- make them aware. Apps, app, and, that, and you're right about that. And that's, a, again, another conversation, but we're going to have that conversation. I want to bring you back for that too. But how sure. optimistic are you now? Because the U.S. House has passed legislation early this month to legalize marijuana nationwide. And eliminate what they call the longstanding criminal penalties for anyone who distributes or possesses it. But this is just one half of what needs to happen here. Right. Uh, what is your optimism regarding regarding this major reform actually happening? Sure. Um, uh, I'm hope I'm hopefully optimistic. Um, you know, I- any movement towards descheduling cannabis, getting it off the Controlled Substance Act as a Schedule One drug. Um, is a step in the right direction. Um, the Mora Act has has symbolically passed before. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's been there. Um, I have um, friends and colleagues in Washington D.C. that I spoke with last week who um, who seem to think that the Mora Act is is basically dead in the water once it hits the Senate floor. That you're not going to it's not going to gain any traction um, because it's not going to have enough bipartisan support. And so. The pushback that we are seeing, at least on a national level, is coming from um, members of the Republican Party. And right now, and those and those who we're focusing our effort on and trying to um, make them aware that um, by ending prohibition, what are you telling them? Um, are you making them the aware? Thing, one of the things that that we start these conversations with is um, again just fact facts, just factual based information. This is information that yeah, but some um, folks don't even like facts. They dispute the fact, even when it's a fact, they say that's not a fact. You, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I will say this, uh, you know, 10 years ago, um, in, anytime we knocked on a, a legislator's door and we wanted to have a conversation with them about criminal justice reform, a lot of the times it fell on deaf ears and, you know, here we are 10 years later and we have um, elected officials calling us, asking us um, for specific advice on how to address these issues. So let me ask you this. Through your lens, what is an effective, from a legislative standpoint, law? What would that look like in Georgia? Could you have one mandate, one provision without the other? If one says, "Okay, you know what, we will maybe 
take a look at reforming, you know, looking at these past offenses, but we're not ready to say we're going to legalize recreational use. You can sure. you, can you be happy with one or you need all everything um, that you want? Rose, where, where I come from, or at least my perspective, um, incrementalism is not our enemy. As long as we're taking uh, steps in the right direction to address this issue, and even if they're baby steps, because um, you, you got to remember, we've been at this for 50 plus years. And so um, we view uh, this race as a marathon. It's not a 5K. It's not a, a, a 10K. We're in it for the long haul. Um, and so whenever we have conversations with elected officials about medicinal or recreational use of cannabis, you know, we were reminded that those are those are political distinctions. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're talking about um, legalization, decriminalization, rescheduling, um, to us, there's no difference between a recreational use or medicinal use. It's, it's all medicinal. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the first things that, that we talk about when we have these conversations with elected officials. It's just the, the terminology itself is sometimes a bit skewed and that can, you know, can lead to that gray area that what, you know, what you were uh, talking about at the beginning of the conversation. Um, and so we want to remove the politics from cannabis because it is a bipartisan issue. Criminal justice reform is a bipartisan issue, and it should be something that is addressed um, across the political spectrum, whether you lean left, whether you lean right, whether you're right down the middle. It's criminal justice reform impacts everyone, especially here in Georgia, Rose. You're talking about one in every five Georgians has a criminal record, one in every five, and there's 10 million of us. And the majority of those individuals with a criminal record are there for nonviolent victimless crimes, mm-hmm. such as simple possession of, of cannabis. Well, there is a dollars and cents to this as well, because I've been reading, look, the cannabis industry is a multi-billion dollar business that right. will just grow and can continue right. to grow as new markets open. So there's that aspect of it. But then there's also an equity and diversity issue, as I just talked yes. to with Chris Clark from the Georgia yes. Chamber of Commerce. You know, the equity and diversity always just seeps into every kind of conversation we have. And that's also sure. an issue, because even if you have all this legislation that says, OK, you know, we're going to allow, you know, businesses. But then you have all these uh, barriers for, you know, other populations to take part in this this new cannabis industry. There's another issue, too, as well. It's always issues. There is. It's it's complicated. It is such a complicated conversation, but it's one that needs to be had. It is mm-hmm. one that needs to be had. Um, just for example, um, when you're talking about the low THC oil registry program that we had here in Georgia that kicked off in 2015, you know, here we are in 2022 and and the patients who applied for and received their their, their cards and their licenses still don't have lawful access to their mm-hmm. medicine. Um, and then if you look at the process in which those uh, dispensaries or growers or distributors were awarded those licenses, it's, it's, it was flawed. I mean, it was flawed from the from the jump street. I mean, it was flawed from jump street. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, we've been working tireless, tirelessly on to, to have corrected. I mean, a class one license, uh, two were issued, uh, mm-hmm. two, two, two class one, two class one licenses were issued. Um, one was issued to a company based out of Florida. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. who are we excluding? And now there's some legal, there is some legal right. challenges. It just goes on and on. Right. Ryan, we've got to have you back to talk more about this. I really appreciate it. Good conversation. So many optics around this, as we say on this show a lot. 
We're going to bring you back and talk about this. Ryan Rostin, Executive Director of Peachtree Normal. That's the Atlanta chapter of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws on this 420 day. Do you like 420 day? Do you think people kind of have made it sort of silly and not really taking an interest in what it really means or, or supposed to mean in terms of, you know, legislation it's, advocacy or? It's a celebration of freedom. It's a celebration of what could be. A celebration and of freedom. Listen to you. It is. And is a celebration of what could be. So we appreciate that. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you this afternoon, Rose. Thank you. Put so that much. on a shirt. Celebration of freedom. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. Whether it's conversations like that about legalizing marijuana, politics, health and wellness, education, housing, you name it, we pretty much look to cover it. I'm Rose Scott. In case you didn't know, as part of our fundraisers today, we're giving away a $250 Lowe's gift card where your odds of winning are about 1 in 11 right now. So please take a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate. And I'm joined or call 678-553-9090. And I'm joined again by our WABE multi-platform producer, Jamie Green. That's right. 678-553-9090. And look, we just got an update. Your chances of winning... Get this, one in 16. That means they they on this gift card right now. Hey, let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> Look, think for a moment about why you take the time out of your day to listen to NPR. Perhaps it's just that conversation was, was just happening or happening or but one aspect that we really want to emphasize is our ability to tell stories. And here at WAB, that's what we do well, start conversations. And they increase understanding and they enrich lives. In fact, we've already heard from Julia from Atlanta and Maria from Stone Mountain, who says, Rose Scott makes my day. How does that make you feel, Rose? Makes you feel good. It's just kind of curious that 420 got them going, huh? That's all I'm saying. I'm not making any judgments. Just WAB.org slash donate 678-553-9090. I'm going to leave it at that before I get a, a more emails. <laughs> And it's your few dollars right now during this fundraiser that helps us keep telling those kind of stories and having those great conversations with substance and insight. So take a moment to do so right now. We want to hear from you, wabe.org slash donate. And of course, your chances of winning that $250 gift card is 1 in 16. And Rosen, I can't get on that gift card. We would like to, though. No, we can't. But you know what? Some lucky winner will, and I think that's okay. That's what's up. 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. My name is Trang Bo, and I live in Shamley, Georgia. I listen to WABE um, because I've learned so much from listening to the news and the variety of shows, the stories really resonate with you. And then some story just make you feel extremely emotional or you um, feel like you're being, you know, uh, transported, almost like you're reading a book and you are traveling to that place through the piece that's being presented. And we really appreciate that, Trang. We really do. Thank you so much. Because, look, we really can't do this without you. WABE truly counts on listeners for financial support. And, you know, here's a question. You know, what would you do with that $250 Lowe's gift card? I mean, that's that's 
that's pretty good. I really need motion sensor lights. So anyone that wins the gift card, feel free to reach out to me at Jamie Green on Twitter. Motion <laughs> sensor. I do. I need those things. But look, you can get a chance on winning that gift card. WABE.org slash donate or make it a call to 678-553-9090. What would you do, Rose, with it? I'm painting my, my place. And and I need some paint ideas. You know, I have the I have an accent wall. First of all, I'm a terrible interior decorator. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with anything. I usually just go online. But you know, I'm trying to figure out what what's a good accent color in my living room for you know a person of of me. You know, I'm I'm cool. I'm calm. I'm always relaxed. You know, so don't email me telling me I get some bright orange because that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> but you know, I I, I you know, paint Re, repaint my whole place. That's what I would do. Well, we want to hear from you again, 678-553-9090. And look, one of the best parts of being a WABE donor is that you can literally hear your gift at work every single time and day and hour. In fact, you just heard it on Closer Look with the conversations we just had earlier. And every time you learn something new from shows like Marketplace or have this enchanted by peace on Citit Lights, and you know that you've made that possible with your donation. And look, one way to take your giving to the next level, because there's levels to this, Rose, mm-hmm is to become a member of the Cornerstone Society. That's a group of people who care deeply, very deeply about WABE's mission to serve Atlanta. And they contribute at about $1,200 or more each year to ensure that that news and that information have a strong presence in our Atlanta community. And look, if you are able to make the gift of that amount, well, we ask you to go ahead and join us in that by calling 678-553-9090. You can, in fact, make a gift by contributing $100 a month as a sustainer. But either way, we want to hear from you you 678-553-9090 and of course wabe.org slash donate either way we want to hear from you thanks so much does your day begin and end with wabe are you always updating your friends and family on the latest news if so you might be the ultimate wabe fan and we've created a set of five brand new thank you gifts with you in mind It's the WABE Dollar a Day Collection. With your one-time donation of $365 or monthly at around $30, you'll receive two brand new WABE t-shirts, the WABE window cling and tote bag, and the limited edition mug with illustrations by Fabian Williams. Stand in support of fact-based news and give monthly at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And thank you. Yes, thank you. It's so easy to do. And remember, when you donate right now, your name will be entered into a drawing to win a $250 Lowe's gift card. And Jamie, I know there's some folks that they say, look, you know what? Now's the time. I did a rose. Who are they? All right. Yeah. Stephen from Atlanta, Minerva from Dunwoody, Joey from Covington, and Griffin from Duluth. Look, put your city on the list. I want to hear my city in there. I mean, I know we're trying to separate a little bit, Buckhead, (laughs) (laughs) but I want to hear from you. (laughs) <laughs> you crack it up. But look, we want to hear from you. 678-553-9090. Let's go, Cheshire Bridge. This is the first, last, and only $250 Lowe's gift card we're giving away in the entire fundraiser. So please help support the programs you love. Your chances of winning, 1 in 18. Not too bad. So please help support the programs you love and give a gift right now at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. I want to thank Jamie Green for taking the time and spending with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great time. Thank you. Don't forget tonight at 7 p.m. is our broadcast, our rebroadcast of Closer Look. So stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.